In a world where medical doctors cover up your symptoms with drugs, you need a better way. Look no further. You found it. The Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast. The Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered as medical advice. Always consult a physician when trying to get off a prescription medication. Welcome to the Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Showalter. I am certified in holistic nutrition. I am not a doctor, and these claims have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration to prevent, cure, treat any disease. So I'm going to talk about infertility, and the Mayo Clinic gives us a nice little list of some of the common causes of infertility. They say one-third of the cases involve the man, and one-third of the cases involve the woman, and the remaining third of the cases, they're not sure what the cause is, and I'm going to get to that later. Uh, For the man, they have listed abnormal sperm production or function due to undescended testicles, which is birth defects, health problems such as diabetes or infections such as chlamydia, gonorrhea, mumps, HIV, and large vein in the testes can also affect the quality of sperm, problems with the delivery of the sperm such as cystic fibrosis or structural problems such as a blockage in the testicle or damage or injury to reproductive organs, overexposure to certain environmental factors such as pesticides and other chemicals or radiation, cigarette smoking, alcohol, marijuana, or taking certain medications such as selected antibiotics, antihypertensives, anabolic steroids, or others can affect fertility. Frequent exposure to heat such as saunas or hot tubs can raise the core body temperature and may affect sperm production. That's why the testicles are outside of the body because they like it cooler than the rest of the body. Uh, damage related to cancer and its treatment including radiation and chemotherapy and treatment for cancer can impair sperm production. For the woman, they have ovulation disorders, which affect the release of eggs from the ovaries. These include hormonal disorders such as polycystic ovarian syndrome, hypoprolactinemia, a condition in which you have too much prolactin, a hormone that stimulates breast milk production, may also interfere with ovulation. Either too much thyroid hormone, hyperthyroidism, or too little, hypothyroidism, can affect menstrual cycle and cause infertility. Other underlying causes may include excessive exercise, eating disorders, or injuries or tumors. Uterine or cervical abnormalities include uh, abnormalities with the cervix, polyps in the uterus, the shape of the uterus, non-cancerous or benign tumors in the uterine wall, uterine fibroids, may rarely cause infertility by blocking a fallopian tube. More often, fibroids interfere with the implantation of the fertilized egg. Fallopian tube damage or blockage, often caused by inflammation fallopian tube. This can result in pelvic inflammatory disease, which usually is sexually transmitted infection. Uh, endometriosis or adhesions as well. Endometriosis, uh, which occurs uh, when the endometrial tissue grows outside of the uterus, may affect the function of ovaries, uterus, and fallopian tubes. And I did do an episode on endometriosis. One of the main causes is tampons. Um, moving on, though, radiation, chemotherapy treatment, and smoking, as well as uh, pelvic adhesions, bands of scar tissue that bind organs and pelvic infection, appendicitis, or abdominal or pelvic surgery. So a common remedy for this in the mainstream medical system is in vitro fertilization. And in vitro fertilization does work, but at what cost? 
And I'm not talking about the $12,000, $70,000 it costs to actually do the procedure. I'm talking about what's the real cost. To understand this, let's look at success rate for live births and in vitro fertilization. 41 to 43% success rate in women under the age of 35. 33 to 36% in women between the ages of 35 and 37. 23 to 27% for women ages of 38 to 40, and 13% to 18% for women over the age of 40. Now what does this mean? Let's first understand what the in vitro fertilization process is like. What they do is they collect eggs from the woman and sperm from the guy. They put both of those into a petri dish so that the eggs get fertilized and then they implant one to five embryos into the mother because they expect some of them are going to die. If multiple pregnancies occur, a, a multi-fetal selection reduction procedure can be considered. This procedure is performed at approximately 10 weeks of pregnancy and involves injecting a salt solution into one or more of the gestational sacs, killing some of the babies. So this is the real cost of in vitro fertilization. For every one child, you may have four dead children as well. And is that worth it? If you were in some dystopic future with a uh, weird one-China policy type situation and you had three children and the government came and said, okay, you've got to pick. You're only allowed to have one child. Which one are you going to keep? What parent would be able to decide that? It is never moral to kill an innocent life so that someone else may live. It's never moral. To give it a real-life example, if we take the example of dropping the atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the argument is, well, it saved so many lives because it ended the war. But what the problem is, they dropped those bombs on innocent civilians who probably weren't happy about a war with the U.S. in the first place. It's like one of the, like these weird Black Lives Matter things going on where they're going around shooting cops. It had nothing to do with the case of a shooting. The death of an innocent is never morally justified. Now, going back to the World War II example, if they would have dropped the atomic bombs on a combatant target, the situation would have been moral, but they didn't. Other moral considerations about in vitro fertilization. The new life is not engendered through the act of love between the husband and wife, but through laboratory procedure performed by doctors and technicians. Husband and wife are merely sources of the raw material of egg and sperm, which are later manipulated by a technician to cause the sperm to fertilize the egg. Not infrequently, donor eggs and sperm are used. This means that the genetic father and mother of the child could be someone from the outside of the marriage. And this can create a, a confusing situation for the child later on when he or she learns that one parent raising him or her is not actually the biological parent. Husbands and wives make love. They do not make babies. They give this expression to their love for one another, and the child may or may not be engendered by that act of love. The marital act is not a manufacturing process, and children are not products. This is why the in vitro fertilization practice is not moral. It takes, separates the procreative and unitive aspects of the marital act, takes it outside of them, 
manipulates them, takes it outside of its natural context, and this is the exact same reason why contraception is not moral. It separates the unitive and procreative. And I mentioned other moral considerations with contraception on uh, the birth control pill and how it, contraception is using the partner rather than it being a gift of self to the other. Now, I want to be clear that even though in vitro fertilization is not moral, that does not make the children who are born by in vitro fertilization somehow illegitimate or whatever. Children are a blessing from God no matter how they're conceived. Other problems with IVF, ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome where too many eggs develop in the ovaries which become very large and painful. It's usually developed within a week after the collection of the eggs and symptoms include pain and bloating and feeling of being sick, shortness of breath and faint. Um, ectopic pregnancies. Now this is where the embryo implants in the fallopian tubes and 2 to 5% of women who use IVF will have an ectopic pregnancy. And this brings us into another moral situation because mainstream medicine will go in there and target the developing baby in the fallopian tube and remove it, killing it. Now this is directly targeting the innocent life developing there. Now, now the argument often comes in, if you don't do something, the mother is going to die along with the baby. That's true. Here's where the moral distinction can come in. If we go in and remove a small section of the fallopian tube that's being affected, we're saying that we're going to do this for the health of the mother. We are not trying to kill the developing baby. That's unwanted side effect. You see how we're not targeting the innocent. We're, we're targeting the affected fallopian tube. And there's a fine line between what's moral and what's not moral, considering this situation. But anyway, 2 to 5% women get these types of pregnancies. Um, multiple births. In vitro fertilization increases the risk of multiple births because they implant more than one embryo into the uterus. And having multiple babies developing in the body is extra stress on the body. Yes, it can be done, but it's an extra stress on the body. Um, premature delivery and low birth weight. Research suggests that in vitro fertilization slightly increases the risk that the baby will be born early or with a low birth weight. Uh, there's a 14% increased risk of bladder and genital birth defects with babies born from in vitro fertilization. Okay, so now I'm going to break down what I've learned from the Wesley Price Foundation, the Global Healing Center, and from Dr. Wallach. You remember that one-third of the cases that the Mayo Clinic didn't know what the cause of infertility was? From what I learned from Dr. Wallach, most of the time it has to do with gluten intolerance. A gluten intolerance can prevent the absorption of nutrients, which can result in many of those lists of problems that I talked about, unhealthy sperm and unhealthy uh, reproductive organs, hormone problems. A gluten intolerance could cause all of those problems because the gluten intolerance attacks the source of all of those problems. It's a common problem because multiple nutrient deficiencies cause multiple problems. Now, Dr. Wallach focuses on the nutritional aspect of it. Dr. Group from the Global Healing Center, he, he focuses on the toxicity aspect of it, which is causing the hormonal imbalance, or one of the many causes of the hormonal imbalance. And he mentions 
a laundry list of all the toxic things in our environment that can throw our hormones off, such as endocrine-disrupting chemicals, such as BPA. That's an estrogen-mimicking plastic. And many of our uh, foods are packaged in these plastics. Many cans are lined with this plastic. Triclosan is an endocrine-disrupting chemical often found in antibacterial soaps. Fluoride can cause infertility problems because the thyroid can take up fluoride instead of iodine because it's in the halogen family. Iodine is the only good halogen, and if you don't have iodine, then your body can take up things that look similar to iodine. And fluoride is one of the bad halogens that it can take up, and that can cause your hormonal problems, which we mentioned before. Soy products is a source of estrogen-mimicking chemicals. I would avoid all soy products. Not only that, but they're also mostly genetically modified, and you just don't know what you're getting with that. One of the things that I learned from the Weston A. Price Foundation is that vegans often have a hard time getting pregnant because their body is starved from animal fats. Animal fats carry fat-soluble vitamins A, D, K, which are important for fertility. Saturated fats make up 50% of the cell membranes, which wouldn't you think that'd be important for making a baby? It's interesting that I didn't know this before. The vegan diet was once promoted for a low libido diet. These fat-soluble vitamins are also, are not just important for fertility, they're also important for the developing baby because vitamin A deficiency can be, cause heart deformities and miscarriages. Other vitamins can cause other birth defects. And apart from like trauma and maybe radiation, all of the birth defects are caused by nutritional deficiencies in the mother while during pregnancy. Oftentimes in within the first trimester, which is before most people start taking prenatal vitamin, which is too late. So to get started with like a solution to promote fertility, clean up your diet the best you can, avoiding the estrogen mimickers and the plastics and endocrine disrupting chemicals. Avoid all oil. These cause inflammation in, in the body. And one of the causes for infertility was inflammation around the fallopian tubes. But they also cause free radical damage to other parts of your body, and it's just not good. So anything, vegetable oil, cooking oil, olive oil, coconut oil, uh, margarines, mayonnaise, salad dressings, no fried foods, nothing oil, nothing with these oils. Cooking good fats like butter and lard and tallow. You cannot get enough butter. Avoid gluten. Drink full-fat, raw dairy milk. It's interesting. There was a infertility uh, study done with um, high-fat dairy foods uh, somewhere around 2009, not positive on date. But it mentioned that uh, the people who were on full-fat dairy did not have infertility problems, but the people who were not on full-fat dairy had infertility problems. And so their suggestion was, if you want to get pregnant, go with full-fat dairy and make sure it's raw. And then once you get pregnant, they said, we'll go back on to a low-fat dairy products. Now, you would think that if it's full-fat's good for getting pregnant, you would think that full-fat would be good for the pregnancy as well. But they can't quite 
break the paradigm that they were been wrong for 50 years about fat. Now, raw dairy might be illegal in your state. This is incredibly stupid. They'll approve all kinds of harmful chemicals and, and vaccines and drugs that kill hundreds of thousands of people a year and say that those are safe, but drinking raw milk is incredibly dangerous, they say. And I talk about the reason they wanted it to be pasteurized was back in the early days, the technology, they did not have sanitary processes uh, to store the milk, and it was a problem. But today we don't have that problem because we have a distribution network and we have refrigeration. But many states will have like a herd sharing program where technically you buy the cow and you and you let the farmer raise the cow and you get the milk from the cow. It's kind of like a workaround to actually buying raw milk. You know, it's funny though. <laughs> it's illegal to sell raw milk, but it's not illegal to buy raw milk. So, you know, the state has ulterior motives behind this. They don't care about your health. They only care about their industry. But if you can't find a herd sharing program, use raw cheese instead. That's uh, more readily available. And if you happen to be lactose intolerant, um, there was a survey done of, of people who were uh, told that they were lactose intolerant and found out that 80% of those people who said they were told they were lactose intolerant were able to drink raw milk. It's when you heat the milk, you damage the proteins so that the body is not under, understanding what the proteins actually are so it mounts an immune response against those proteins when you drink it raw the way nature intended it to be drunk body doesn't have a problem with it also has all the enzymes still fully functional that help you digest the milk you know they think science is more is smarter than nature the way nature designed it anyway the traditional cultures that Weston A. Price traveled around and, and studied, they all had their own special diet for people who were in the position to get pregnant. They oftentimes would prepare a special diet six months before they were going to conceive a child so that they build up their nutrient store so that they could have a healthy child. One of those special foods were, were fish eggs. But today, since we, we know so much more about nutrition, we can break it down into supplements and, and to support a healthy body so that you can conceive and develop a healthy child. The recommendation is to clean up your diet and all that stuff, but also for the women to take a healthy body start pack, which includes the 90 essential nutrients, and do that for three to six months prior to trying to conceive. Now, that will deal with many of the problems that cause infertility, but if you still have additional problems after doing all of those things, we, might, we can add a couple other things to help with hormonal balance, such as um, the ultimate balance FX uh, and the ultimate bust FX from longevity, as well as the HGH youth complex, which will provide the raw materials your body needs to make human growth hormone. Um, also, eat plenty of eggs because, because your hormones are made from cholesterol, and eggs is a great source of cholesterol. And you prepare your eggs in soft scrambled and butter 
or poached so that you don't damage the cholesterol. Now guys, you're not exempt from this either. Clean up your diet as well because remember, one third of the causes of infertility was on the man's side. So you want to be taking a healthy body star pack as well. And if you have hormone problems, we could also add the ProstFX for the prostate, the Ultimate Daily Classic Tablets, and these are to help with circulation, as well as the HDH Youth Complex for you as well. If you don't get pregnant within six months of these programs, the changing your diet, including all the healthy fats from dairy, eggs, and meats, as well as taking the supplements and avoiding the bad foods, the gluten, the oils, uh, meats with nitrates and nitrites added as preservative, and some of the other chemicals like the fluoride and soy products. If you don't get pregnant within six months of, of doing all those things, you may have to take a closer look at your diet, maybe having hidden gluten in your diet. It often can hide itself. They put gluten in everything from ice cream to meatballs, so you really have to read the label about that. Um, that could be one thing. We may have to tweak some of these supplements to ensure we get the hormonal balance. There's some other things that we could do to support the body's ability to be fertile. We may need to do a liver cleanse or a gallbladder cleanse or uh, a detox cleanse, a heavy metal cleanse. This is where Dr. Groups specializes in doing these cleanses to get all the toxins out of the body to relieve the stress on the, that they put on the body. So there's a, a lot of other things that uh, you could look at if you're still having problems after all of that, which I highly doubt because Dr. Wallach says he's gotten more women pregnant than Solomon in the Bible who had uh, 900 wives, I think actually 700 wives and 200 some concubines, but uh, he says he's getting got he's got more women pregnant by giving them the, these kinds of strategies. And when you do get pregnant, don't give up on the diet, don't give up on the supplements. You've got to still take the 90 essential nutrients so that you ensure that you have a healthy baby. And that's one of the problems with uh, going with in vitro fertilization. You're not dealing with the root cause of the problem. If you're not conceiving a child because you don't have enough nutrition to develop a baby, by forcing the body to conceive, you're not fixing the problem. So your body still doesn't have the nutrients that it needs to develop a baby. So this is why there's higher rates of uh, premature births and lower birth weights in kids that are born in vitro fertilization because they are already starting out in a nutrient-depleted body. doesn't mean that they, they can survive. It's just it, it increases the chances that they're going to have problems down the road. So there you go. I hope that pointed you in the right direction where you can start working on those things. And this is Brian Showalter signing out. We'll see you next time. To see the products mentioned in this show, head over to freedomfrompharmacy.com and look at this episode's show notes. And you can see all of the Longevity products by clicking on the store tab. The Freedom From Pharmacy podcast is owned by Easy Way LLC and is under Ohio Revised Code 4759.10i.